For the first time in 2020, it's the fourth and long pod after dark. Tones were throwing it back here tonight. My neck's still being held. Hold. Oh, 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 did you hear that voice crack? That was so. That, that was. This is episode 46. For what it's worth, the countdown to 50. The countdown is coming, is on, buddy. But I gotta say, that was the worst hold my dick call that we've ever had. I'm sorry, ready? Hold my dick! Hold my dick! Much better. Redemption. My neighbors will be devastated tonight. They have um, to know. It's the hour. It's the hour, It's almost midnight right yeah. now, and we're recording. We haven't done this yet Old this times. year. It's crazy. That's different. Here's what isn't. Another week of football. Another Tuesday night game. Bullshit. More fuckery from I the NFL. I was way more interested in where everyone settled on the cookie debate doors. Where do you settle? Are you a cookie dough man or are you a cooked cookie guy? Elise and I were having cookie dough... Uh, blizzards at Dairy Queen before you were even born, Tones. Elise loves cookie dough. Yeah, and I it, know. <laughs> I, I don't get it. It's just raw eggs. I, like, I do love myself. Eat a live fucking bird, man. It's I, bullshit. I do love myself some cookie dough, man. <laughs> if we're doing a vote, yeah, I'm a cookie dough guy. I All gotta right. say. Um, Tones, before we get into anything else on the pod this week, this very fine program, the fourth and long podcast, by the way, we uh, we have uh, some business to tend to because we both we both won this week. Yeah. yeah, I guess we did. I feel like you. Just cool. Press celebrations. There will be no dancing today, Alexander. You've scored eighty points for like four straight weeks. It's really awful. You're a playoff team. I might have. I might have been better last year, <laughs> which is saying something at this yeah. point. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm in the playoffs with five wins. Ooh. What do we celebrate here? The fact that we made it through a COVID regular season and the fantasy. Fantasy year? You know what? No. Fuck no? that. We, no, we are going to actually celebrate because you know what? For the first Woo! time in five years, we're both playoff teams, okay? And I think that's worth something. I love it. So why don't we, on the 4th and Long Pod, commemorate that we have... Let's have some pops for the boys on the 4th and Long Pod, you know? Let's do it. A little... Oh, oh yeah. Oh. A little... Here, here oh, we go. Little nice cheers. cold beer. Cheers. Nine buddy. and four. I don't know how he did it, Doors. You're in the playoffs. I don't know how you did it. I think we're just celebrating to make an excuse to drink on the pod. That's basically all we've done at this point, right? Got a couple Stellas for the boys. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. It's a classy beer. Great commercials, too. Excellent. Beer. Let me get to something quick before we go into our first segment today. Mm -hmm. And that's that it's week 13 in year 7 of this league, and Franco doesn't know the tiebreakers. It's 10.30 p.m. in the chat on week 13 in the 7th year. <laughs> And Franco is well, not sure, him, but yes, whatever. And he's just not sure. Shout out, Jared. He's not. He's not sure. He's not sure that points four is the tiebreaker. And I love it because he has so many more priorities in life than fantasy football, which is such a stark difference from someone like us. And he's got children, and he's just like just not sure what the. Th he's like, oh, oh, I do have the buy. Cool. Meanwhile, Nick is like sitting on pins and needles waiting to see if he's going to get the record in our league because we pumped it up. He knows he already has the buy. He's so stressed. And Franco's like, oh, cool. I've got a buy. Moving on. It's crazy. From the man that brought us How Does Fab Work <laughs> in like week seven <laughs> to, get, sequel. to get Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. of all fucking guys <laughs> on his roster. Yeah, Franco, buddy. 
I've been in his defense a lot on this pod in recent weeks, but every week we just find something. Franco, come on, man. Yeah. And your team names make waivers great again. Figure out Fab. I'm still upset about it. You know what? We're going to actually, I'm going to make a mention of Franco in our first segment, mm-hmm. among other things. But we're going to do some takeaways and memories from the 2020 fantasy regular season. And I've, I, we've done a little prep work on our own separately about things that we just feel like we we want to remember or that we're going to have no choice but to remember from a very wacky season. Okay. I'm going to start, maybe you it. can play off what, what I'm saying here, but yeah. it starts at the very beginning, Tones, our very unique draft night. Mm. Because first off, it was the first ever virtual draft, and it went actually quite smoothly, minus Rich being... It took it, 17 it hours to complete, but... Yeah. yeah, we got there. But Franco doing Windows updates and being insanely <laughs> late when everyone else was punctual was We so... should have known then. <laughs> and Franco, then you're the best. almost immediately after, when we finally get it going, Mike and Ryan with the first draft night trade and it going horribly wrong. That was incredible. Incredible. Like, like what a perfect way to kick off the season. Mount Kilimanjaro, we'll, we'll never forget. I <laughs> the wish. The look on his face should be my logo next year. I wish I screen grabbed it. No, I wish that we had recorded in some way, had known to record. I, yeah, I know. Right? That's to screen record, yeah. Fuck. In 2020, I think Tone's going to go down as the craziest NFL season we've ever seen because of the pandemic. But it also, I think, is going to go down as the craziest fantasy football season we've ever seen. Besides the draft, the postponement of games, the almost weekly designation of backup players on people's benches, the commission tools, adding players, taking them off rosters, except Dak to Mike's IR, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, what? anything else from you? You got anything that you can remember that is just like really stands out? One thing stands out that basically this year we learned that just try to be shit and all of a sudden you'll be good. Mm. And in my specific case, and maybe Nick's to a certain extent, because as soon as you try to be good, Christian McCaffrey dies and my team just decides to go to shit. So maybe next year I'm just going to sell in like week two, call it a day, and I'll still drop 115 points like Rob has been doing pretty much every week. Sell but keep a couple players. Yeah, just just a couple guys. Just a couple guys. Make some like random waiver wire dudes of like some fifth round pick. Pick up Corey Davis. Right. Don't trade Chase Claypool. You know, these (laughs) things, you know, just don't don't throw in like still make stupid decisions. So Um, further on that, I think this year for me as a from the commissioner standpoint the most trades and exchanging of draft picks in league history and it's always going to be remembered as the question mark year with the most trades because people are like well let's just fucking go for it in a year that anything can happen yourself included the number of keepers and like there, there could be a lot of trades but the number of keepers that have changed hands this year has changed the landscape of our league not to go fully spn here but it has for at least the next couple years, right? Like, think about... Everyone's talking about my keeper decisions. Look at Nick's keeper decisions. Yeah. James Robinson's going back in the draft, most likely. I mean, I assume he's keeping D-Hop, Tyreek, and CMC, which Mm is fucking lethal. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And, like, he's still dropping so many great players because he just kept adding, right? JJ is going back in the draft. Yeah, yeah, James Robinson already mentioned. I'm forgetting somebody. Getting somebody really good, but it doesn't matter. Either way... So many teams loaded up on high-end talent. Not just wide receiver twos and threes. Wide receiver ones. RB ones. Yeah. These guys are going back in. It's going to change shit for a couple years. It's going to be great. Yeah. My last takeaway was that it was the year that you finally made the playoffs again. Woo! Someone else missed out in the final week of the season by a pubes worth of fantasy points, which we'll talk more about later. (laughs) And I tanked and yet annoyingly still snuck into the six seed. Just try to lose. (laughs) What is going on here? 
Okay, so to further recap the season and before we do the matchups, let's give out some regular season awards. You had this great idea and I love it. We're going to go through some categories and name our best or biggest surprise or what have you. And we'll start with the best rookie tones. Who you got for the best rookie this season? Shockingly, Justin Jefferson. Very shocking. You were to tell me that at the start of the fucking season when there's no preseason and they're saying, hey, it's Ola B.C. Johnson starting in the other wide receiver spot and us idiots, you and me, going, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> what are we doing? And then Nick just grabs him in like the, what, the 12th round and says, yeah. thank you very much. I'll take this keeper stud. Absolute and, stud. And He's like so good. the fifth or so receiver off the board in the NFL draft and a couple, like we, we loaded up early. Was he that late? I know he was like 20, what, third? And the Eagles pass on him? Shame. Ruggs went first. Judy went. Right. CD went right after. And then after that, it may have been Jefferson. I know no, because it was Rager. Rager went before him So you're as right. Well. It was fifth. I think he was fifth because then Holy Pittman went. shit. Pittman went to begin the second round, more or less. Tough right? look. Tough look for the Eagles yet right? again. Yeah, I like it. Biggest surprise stud. Who you got? Uh, James Robinson. Has yeah. To be. It's I a no-brainer. Yeah. guy's incredible. He wasn't even drafted. He's a keeper. He was picked up on waivers. Yep. Yeah, it's Nick is doing incredible things. Most with likely will be drafted, what, top three next year? Probably. Crazy. Biggest surprise dud this year, who you got? Uh, this is buyer beware for all you loser bracket folks. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. Uh draft capital, first overall pick. You have high expectations. Probably the most egregious bust this early into their career in terms of our fantasy league since yeah. Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Which, like, even Fournette was at least good his rookie year. Like, he was really good, and then it just fell off the wagon. But Clyde, yeah. from kind of, like, since week two, three on, it just kind of started going downhill. Remember that week one? Remember that first Thursday game? Yeah. We, we were, were like, holy we were shit balls! This guy's going to be a machine. Yeah. And he just, that was that was the height of it, and we may never see it again. Uh, the special teams MVP, I got Young Way Koo. Who would have thunk it? Love he that. has scored eight more points, Tones, than Keenan Allen. He scored five more than both Ridley and Will Fuller. He's got 140 points as a kicker. Crazy. And he's sick, and he's doing backflips in college yep. after kicking field goals. <laughs> wasn't, he cut, wasn't he cut from the Chargers, who now have no kicker as usual? Isn't that the most Chargers thing ever, it's though? It's incredibly, incredibly Chargers. Yeah. Uh, biggest what if this season? Now this could be player, this could be team related, this could be whatever. What do you got? CMC. If he was healthy oh. all year long, that's my what if. Because Nikki just went eleven and two this season, put up a very impressive amount of points, one of the most impressive regular seasons of all time, and he didn't have the fantasy RB one from last year. What happens? If he's healthy all year long, we as a fantasy league and the record books will state that he had the most historic season of all time, arguably. And we have we went through, he had good production from his RB2 spot, but anywhere from 8 to 14 points doesn't even scratch the surface of what a player like Christian McCaffrey does. Mm -hmm. What if he was healthy all year? My goodness. If he was healthy with James Robinson there as well, I love that because I would probably don't buy as aggressively. Mike might not buy as aggressively. For that, Nick, Nick may probably not. doesn't have to buy as aggressively. Yeah. Does he even have to buy, period? Maybe, yeah, go get Tyreek for your first, but you probably still have your second, probably still have your third. Like, unbelievable. He would yeah. have had Justin Jefferson, let's say he does the Tyreek trade, D-Hop and Tyreek. With those two guys, it doesn't even matter Yeah. what what else you got at quarterback and tight end. Who fucking cares? You're going to run away with this thing. Crazy. I love that one. Yep. Mine is, along with the Tyreek train... What if Rich didn't trade Tyreek Hill? He's oh. currently in the playoffs. Yeah. He is 6-7. and seven. If he keeps Tyreek, he just went off for like three straight weeks, right? He was great before that, but now it's like Tyreek time. It's like 200 yards, two touchdowns, monster, right? I think Rich could have been a real player in the playoffs. I'm not saying he would have won the thing, 
but I think he could have easily, like, he might already have a chance to beat me and get into the semis, and then all you need is a fucking big Tyreek week in week 15, and you're in the fucking finals. That's, I don't know. If he I think doesn't, Rich might be regretting if, that one. If he doesn't trade Tyreek, he doesn't trade Josh Allen. Early in the season, mm. we talked about Rich's stack of four key players. It was Josh Allen, yep. Tyreek Hill, he had... Jonathan Taylor was emerging, but he wasn't coming as quickly, and we obviously know about Dalvin Cook. That's what she said. If he doesn't, if he doesn't trade Tyreek, Allen doesn't go either, and Jonathan Taylor just had his best week of the season. It would be so interesting to see a team like Rich, who said in week five or six that he was going to quote coast through, which is not what he did. It would be so interesting to see those four big players mixed with his other guys, like maybe DJ Chark, going into the playoffs because. Six wins got him there. Six wins got him actually higher than the six seed, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Crazy. But anyway, the uh, we're calling this one, <laughs> it's my favorite award yeah. uh, ever. It's the Ezekiel Elliott Most Washed Player Award. He's so washed that we can't even give him this award. He is the subject of the award. <laughs> exactly. It's like a memorial. It's That's like right. the Darren Sharper. Pour one up. It's, it's a memorial for someone. Who you got, Tones, for the Ezekiel Elliott Most Washed Player Award? I think it's uh, I think it's time to bury AJ Green, man. I think it's time. You it know, is, loved yeah. him as a in his peak, man. He was amazing, but I think it's it's over. I he think was it's my time. he. I'll never forget it. He was my first round pick in the uh, in the oh, oh no, 2014. No, I picked Marshawn, then I picked uh, AJ Green. But yep. anyway, a staple of my team all the way through. He yep. wronged me in the finals. Ended up getting hurt in that last game. Put up zero points against Nick. So emotional. Never forget. But he's been so good. Mm-hmm. He's been so good, and now he is. He's a Zeke. He's washed. Where's he going to be next year? Maybe out of the league. We'll see. Yeah. The biggest BS player this year. Who do you have for the biggest bullshit player of the year? Tyler Lockett. Yep. Um, Why? Because he's bullshit. And I'll explain why. Here's his wide receiver finishes in our league week by week. Ready? Yep. 26. 14, number one. Sorry, to, to confirm for everyone who's wondering, this is not his fantasy points scored. It's where he finishes amongst, amongst wide, receivers wide receivers in any given week. Go Bingo. ahead. 26, 14, number one. Then 62, 57, number one again. 62, 66, 33, 13, 73, Oy. 47. Oh. It's basically number one or bust. <laughs> and I don't like how many busts there are there. So I think he's full of shit. Because at the end of the year... And me and Dan had this conversation privately. Oh, he's a wide receiver one. Yes, at the end of the year, he's going to have, what, 1,100 yards and like five touchdowns. Yeah, sure, that looks like a wide receiver one. But week in, week out, not a wide receiver one. Borderline, that's exactly what a flex player is, right? Right. In week seven at Arizona, he has his big game, the game where he goes off. 20 targets, 15 receptions, 200 yards, three tutties. That equals 38 fantasy points. He is the wide receiver nine this year. But he's only cracked double digits two other times this season. Crazy. It's complete shit. Yep. It's exactly why he's our BS player. Uh, what's next? Most disastrous position group. Oh, this one's so easy. I mean, it's actually kind of close because the defenses this year have been a complete travesty. But tight ends, Tones, in a year that you expected, and this is no crack on you. Oh, it's a crack, baby. No, it isn't because the tight end group has been a shit show. But I understand your thinking coming into this year. And you said on this very fine program, the tight ends were going to emerge. You really thought that this was going to be a year where where the production out of the tight end position came back. And that was based on talent. There's a lot of talent at the there tight end is, there position. There still is, right? Even now, there's like there's a good dozen tight ends that are very talented in the league. But in terms of usage, it's just not trending in that direction. I know? just I, I think that we saw a lot of injuries and we saw 
I, I honestly want to see what a full preseason next year will happen. And this year seems like it's a pretty solid tight end class as well. And last year's group is going to continue to emerge, right? It takes tight ends a few years, but we've seen some glimmers of hope. But like guys like Noah Fant on my squad, really disappointing, right? Just kept yep. getting hurt, couldn't stay healthy. And like that's the nature of the beast with tight ends. But it's just the talent isn't matching the production. And it's frustrating as fuck because I, I want tight ends to be good in this league. It's yep. way more fun for fantasy. Who do you right. have as everyone's unanimous new favorite player this year? Well, I'm giving this to a man that my wife currently has a crush on. I'm in trouble. Uh, DK Metcalf. Yeah. He's a beautiful specimen. Yeah. And I'm addicted to him. You should have never showed at least a picture of him with his shirt off. So, real story on Sunday. Every week he does something sick, right? Yep. So, I've explained to him to her what DK Metcalf is. Yep. Elise is like in the other room and I'm watching and I'm like, oh my God, DK Metcalf just did something sick. And she <laughs> literally jogs from the other room and what happened? Looking at the TV and I go, oh shit, I'm in trouble. And I'm like, well, the guy with the 12 pack just fucking <laughs> stiff armed a human being and like he fucking dropped the dude, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, holy crap, how do these people do it? I'm like, I know, right? This is why I watch every fucking Sunday. It's the best. She leaves the room and you question everything you've ever told her. She left. Parts. She was really quiet for like 10 minutes after. I don't know what that means. But. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, last on our <laughs> list, Tones, we've got the fantasy regular season MVP, and we differ on this one here. Mm. Who is your fantasy regular season MVP this year? I like Devontae Adams. Why? Yeah. Consistency, high-level production. Mm. He is having... Honestly, kind of quietly, a Mike Thomas-esque season from years past. He's double-digit targets pretty much every single week he's healthy. The only time he's done it, he hasn't gone double digits in all but three weeks. Okay. Does that make sense, what I just said? I'm going to roll with it. The Stella's hitting me here. One of those weeks, he got injured, okay? The other two weeks were nine targets. Like, wow, what a bum, right? He's a beast, man. He's just a freak of nature. Yes, there can be the other guys that have bigger boom weeks, but... For fantasy, it's consistency. I want guys that put up 15 points every single week, especially at the highly volatile wide receiver spot. And it's honestly embarrassing that TRG hasn't capitalized on a season like this. Yeah, I mean, we'll go into Genera more later. The the uh, awesome note about Devontae Adams that I added too is that he's missed two weeks this year due to injury. He's 22 points behind Tyree Kill, who currently has 200 fantasy points scored and leads receivers. Crazy. If Devon, if you if you map out the projections of where Devonte Adams would have finished with a healthy season the same way Tyree Kill has had, he's right there. Yep. And we're having a different conversation about who the best fantasy wide receiver is. In your opinion, I guess you've got it as Adams. I have Kyler Murray, and mm. he's a QB one right now. He's won you, and I went back and checked. He has won you three games this year that, to be perfectly honest, in low-scoring affairs, you had no business winning. Totally agree. He's had incredible, incredible weeks. I think it's one week only under 20. To me, he's the fantasy MVP, especially considering he was the third quarterback off the board. I know for sure he went behind Mahomes and went behind Dak. I don't know. Russ was a keeper. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't really remember, but one of the few really hyped guys that just actually lived up to it right like yeah. i didn't even want to draft him I'm like oh, this guy's gonna be pure hype and then he yep. just got to a point where he was too valuable a guy and we've now seen it what three or four straight years there's always that new young uprising quarterback that all of a sudden's dropping 30 points a week and this year we kind of had two with josh allen and yeah. then if you want to kick in herbert there too he's the kind of definitely the kind of one c right like 
we're in a great spot quarterback wise, fantasy yeah. wise, going forward in this league, and we just hope that these guys don't have a Lamar Jackson sophomore, like uh, not sophomore season, but post breakout season, we should sure. say, and just kind of go down the tubes. Hopefully, these guys can maintain. That Starting this week, Kyler, be healthy, please. <laughs> yeah, that's it for our awards. That's it for the recap of the regular season, weeks one to thirteen. Week thirteen tones. It's, it's bananas. Done. I it's can't believe it. So sad. Well, I hate it. <laughs> what we'll do a little later is we'll get into playoff predictions mm. and matchups. However, for the time being, we get to the matchups, and we start with what was very clearly the marquee of the week. It was my marquee last week coming in. It was Dotto Bowl. Part two, and this time Mike actually pulls one out as Mike defeats Nick. Mike moves to nine and four. Nick falls to eleven and two. The final score being one sixteen to one thirteen. So here's what we had coming in as Mike entered Tuesday night, needing eight points from Justin Tucker to secure that third place and bust Nick's attempt at the regular season record tones, and he did it. Tucker comes through, although he did miss a field goal. It was nervousness. It was nervous times. Dude, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman very clearly jinxing him on the broadcast. It was incredible. All of Dal- or all of Baltimore just screaming at the TV at that time. But uh, luckily for Mike, that didn't cost him the matchup, and Mike wins. And we have to mention our Greg Jennings, performer of the week this week. I put the team on my back, dude. Because this guy, Darren Waller, helping Mike to a huge win this week. 17 targets for Waller, 13 receptions, 200 yards Two touchdowns, that equals 32 fantasy points. An unbelievable game from a super talented guy and their best receiver. Yep, he's a beast, man. And he was, man, like, we just talked about tight ends. He's one of the few that can do this, right? And that's so exciting to have, and that gives you a major advantage in a playoff game, we think, and we hope, for Mike. Something that I wondered tones and i had written this down is i'm not sure if waller even gets the start if rob gronkowski is healthy Mm. i'm sorry if rob if gronkowski wasn't on a bye mike has started he kind of had a a down period with waller there but in seven uh, six i'm doing one two three four five in like four or five of his last eight weeks gronk has gone double digits and i he's been tom brady's favorite target in the end zone if you're not if your name isn't mike evans I just wonder if perhaps it wouldn't have been Darren Waller this week for Mike, but we don't even have, it doesn't matter. The speculation is very legitimate question. No, very legitimate. But anyway, Nick had won the Vikings wide receiver battle between Thielen and Jefferson. Jefferson had a huge day. You've got a stat on how good Justin Jefferson is. No, Jefferson is firmly in the keeper conversation. And if he was on anybody, but Nick's team, I think he's not even a question, a keeper. I really curious to see where he goes in next year's draft. Jefferson is been really good all year and now he's really heating up here's his last four weeks 15 wide receiver finish okay Okay. 15 9 6 4 what yeah what yeah ridiculous in the last four weeks in those four weeks he has outscored keenan allen aj brown adam thielen will fuller dk metcalf deontay johnson by like a significant margin the difference between him and keenan allen Third and fourth is 10 points. So it's not like he's eking these dudes out. The only two that have scored more than him in that stretch are Adams and Hill. Four touchdowns. Four touchdowns in those four games. He's cracked 100 yards twice. And the target share, 10, 5, 13, 12. And this week, talking about his matchup against Thielen. 75 receiving yards and a touchdown for Thielen. That's pretty damn good. It's what he's done all year long, if not better. Jefferson, buck 21. One touchdown. He even gets a couple rushing yards in there Mm -hmm. because why the hell not? 
Mike won the fluke and luck battle, though. Because even though this was a matchup decided by three points, Tyreek Hill's catch slash non-catch on Sunday, Nick was so rattled, okay? And we'll talk about that in a sec here because that Tyreek play tones cost Nick the league record. And I question, I have the question here to you. Do you think the history books forget Nick's greatness this season because of that one play? Because <laughs> Nick has finished 11-2 and two before. There has been another 11-2 finish before, and I, I believe, but I don't recall which it was. Anyway, Nick could have had 12 wins this year. That was a touchdown. It didn't get called. All that matters to be remembered, and Mike will appreciate this as a frequent watcher of Moneyball, often in traffic. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter unless you win the last game of the season. Yep. Nick will be remembered for an all-time unbelievable season if he wins the whole damn thing. And if yep. he doesn't, then honestly, we'll be sitting there going, well, you didn't have McCaffrey most of the year. Things just balanced out. Who knows? And, but And I'm glad you said that because Nick is definitely disappointed that he lost out on that record. He did talk about it coming into tonight in the chat. And you know that when he mentioned something like that, it means something to him. It was very important to him. However, the bye. Yeah. Finishing first. Yeah. Getting McCaffrey back potentially. And speaking of CMC. Mm. He's good, right? Heading into next week. That's what it seems like. Apparently he's good, ready to play against the Broncos. Um, For Nick, it honestly doesn't even matter if next week he's healthy, right? The fact that even if he plays next week, great. But if he plays and gets through the game, then he's extra healthy for week 15 for his playoff matchup. That's beautiful. Chef's kiss to that one. Right. So obviously Nick upset. The point of this is that Nick obviously upset about the regular season record, but going into the playoffs, he has to feel good. Another week, hopefully, of healing for McCaffrey. He gets him back in week 15, and Nicky has his eye on the prize, man. He's got his eye on the end. As someone who apparently owns a lot of really random-ass records in this league, Nick, (laughs) it doesn't fucking matter. Put the name on the chip. That's it, buddy. I don't have much else to say about this matchup except the tones. The Dotto brothers arguing in the group chat while sitting in the same room, basically beside each other, is one of the most priceless <laughs> things that we have. It's incredible. I've got we've got pictures of the two of them coming in. They're both sitting there on their phones in the same goddamn room, and yet they're having full out not only just discussions about life, like come down for the tacos and the fajitas, which already. is standard at this point. We're all just used to it. Yeah. There was a point. What was it? Thursday or Friday when when they had a twenty four message conversation. <laughs> oh my with god! Each other. We all just ignored. We're like, what is happening right no now? No one even decided to mention anything. We just all moved on with our lives. But on Sunday, them arguing with each other in the chat and calling each other like pussies and like lame, whatever it was, I don't know, but it was just completely ridiculous and great. I hadn't belly laughed that hard at our chat in a while yeah. until Nick just said like, I'm right next to you and it's just the yeah. picture and he's just <laughs> right in the other room and Mike's just in a dark shadowy corner just staring at his phone. Just I was on dying. Instagram probably. I was dying. Yeah, just scrolling. It was crazy. As one does. Well... A big matchup, and the Dotto Bowl this time is won by Mike. They're one and one this year, and if it's up, if Mike, if Mike had his way, these two will face each other in the finals. There is a path. And the podcast will be over. That's it. There, it just will end. There is a path for them to playing each other in the finals, and we will get to tones. We will get to our predictions a little later. But first, we move on to the next matchup of the week. It was Dan taking on franco important for franco because he needed to hold on to that two seed and the buy and of course with the points for with mike he does dan though does beat him moves to four and nine congrats dan franco nine and four now the final was 117 to 111 so dan entered tuesday night down by 17 lamar goes crazy finally has a really good game worth talking about again though franco had already locked up that two seed congrats to dan tones for avoiding the paying of the engraving fee this year yes congrats 
Big time. I guess. Yeah. Let's talk about Travis Kelsey first. Police. Because he's uh, a beast. He's a beast. He he currently would be the fantasy wide receiver four. We had touched on this a couple weeks ago. That's better than Justin Jefferson. That's better than Adam Thielen and DK Metcalf and among others. Crazy. Man. What a year, right? He became apparently became the first tight end with five one thousand yard seasons. Ever? Yeah, apparently. Wow. Which honestly I kind of believe, right? Think yeah. about tight ends, right? Probably a ten year career. Takes them a while to get going. Thousand yards is a lot, especially for a tight end. This guy, you gotta be healthy too. Kelsey, one of the biggest marvels of this man is he never fucking misses a game. He's never even questionable. I've never even seen him get up and limp. Like, he's a fucking cyborg. It's unbelievable, man. It's so crazy. Like, as great as a guy like George Kittle is, right? Gets hurt every, like, two or three games. As great as a guy like Mark Andrews is, he gets hurt as all... He's gotten hurt, right? He's gotten banged up. I've seen it, right? He just gets up, starts hobbling like it happens. It's crazy, man. And just to clarify, it wasn't actually ahead of Metcalf. He would have been... It it goes Tyreek, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, and then that's where Kelsey would slide in. Mm -hmm. If he was a wide receiver, he'd be the wide receiver four. Then it's Jefferson. Then it's Thielen. Yep. Let's talk for a moment about Franco's RB2 slot because as we go through some of these matchups, it's important to look ahead to what to expect in the playoffs out of some of these guys. Franco has a bye, and that's good. But when he has to play again in Week 15 tones, what are we going to get out of Franco's RB2 spot, a spot that has been one of the strongest among any positions on any team this whole season? I think it's a good thing he has a bye because Clyde was sick this week. Active, didn't take a snap. Brutal. And Kareem Hunt has looked so very unimpressive in four of his last five weeks. Nick Chubb is here to stay. Mm -hmm. And as healthy as Chubb is and as quick and explosive as he looks, missing some time and now being fresh, Kareem Hunt you just can't trust, right? So what does Franco do behind Kamara? A guy who's been struggling on his own, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, I mean... Looking at matchups, um, Kareem Hunt plays the Giants in Week 15, and then the Jets Week 16. So Jets, I think you might be able to probably get a touchdown there. Yeah, for sure. The Giants have had a very sneaky, solid defense all season. You're starting and probably with confidence against them. Yep. But you're probably not like thinking, wow, big smash spot here, right? You're kind of a little nervous about that. But if Clyde can get healthy, he had that illness like you can't start him either way, right? Like right. there's just, just there's just no way. Like his status almost doesn't matter. So you really are relying on Hunt. So you're just hoping those New York matchups end up getting you what 15 points. You need at least one or two of those weeks, right? If you want to beat these guys, if you want to beat Nick and Mike, I'll I'll say this: the last three weeks for Kareem Hunt, he scored eight fantasy points, then six, then five. Those matchups were against Philly, Jacksonville, Jeez. and Tennessee. Those aren't great teams. The carries Jacksonville. The carries were 13. 10 and 14 this week tones the browns scored 41 points and if you're looking at a box score having not watched imagine you're franco and it's sunday afternoon and it's like 6 30 okay evening yeah and you're looking at the box score without seeing your fantasy stats and saying wow the browns put up 41 i can't wait to see how much my fantasy player scored and you go and you look he has five fantasy points Mm. 14 14 rushes for 33 yards the fact of the matter is as good as they both are kareem hunt found a lot of his value in the passing game when Nick Chubb was succeeding earlier in the year. Well, Chubb is just dominant on both sides right now. Right. I mean, the one thing I will say is that Hunt is still getting the volume, and that's the that's the silver lining here. Like, sure. despite all the Chubb stuff, he's still getting between 10 and 
15 carries or even has a 19 carry game in his one good game against Houston yep. in that little stretch you just mentioned. Like this past week, he had 14 for 33. So you just hope that he breaks off a nice little chunk 30-yard touchdown and sure. you're good to go, right? And of course, Yahoo doesn't give us his receiving stats, but whatever, right? It, you know, add 14 carries plus a couple catches here and there. The volume's still there. Whether he produces, honestly, doesn't matter. If you're going into the matchup, you just have to bet on the volume. And Clyde right now, his volume is so fucking up in the air. They're just going to keep throwing. Lev is taking 50% of those touches. Yep. And like how valuable are those touches, right? They're not right. as valuable as what Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are doing. Right. Crazy. It's it's definitely interesting though. Well, in a week that he didn't get anything out of Kareem Hunt, he still put up 111. Mm. And that was with a down week from Keenan Allen. And you know what? I, more often than not, the KC stack is going to boom, and we'll see. We'll see what happens when Week 15 comes along. But there is a little cause for concern, in my opinion. Yep. On Dan's, I had one note for Dan, and it's kind of hilarious because Dan's entire season is a complete joke. But he benched Monty in the last two weeks, and David Montgomery has scored 43 points in those two weeks that he's been on Dan's bench. The best. Could there be anything more appropriate tones for Dan's season than that stat? It truly is fantastic, oh. and. Loser bracket, right? They're off next week for week 14. Plays Minnesota week 15. Jacksonville week 16. Yeah. Do you start David Montgomery? You don't have to answer, but very interesting question going forward. Yeah. Um, Should we mention Lamar? The fact that he got production out of Lamar Jackson and his quarterback spot? It's a miracle! I believe it's worth mentioning. I think it's his third best game of the year, actually. And Lamar, look, there were some... I watched most of that game. Mm. There were some bad throws. Yeah. There were some really bad throws. They need weapons there, man. Marquise just, he ain't it. That's fair. And Andrews is still out with COVID. Yeah. No bueno. It's just, you gotta look like a stud playing yeah. against Dallas's defense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're just so bad. Yeah. 26 points. Not bad. Congrats to Dan. Hey. You're not the worst team in the league. Rich. Not yet. Defeated Christian Robert Gennaro. The final score, 110.2. To 109.96. Okay. Heading into the fourth quarter on Monday night, Christian led by 2.16 points. And by game's end tones, he loses and misses the fucking playoffs by 0.24 points. Say it again! 0.24 points. Why do I have a smile on my face, Alexander? Because... These chains are off, buddy. The burden I was bearing for a whole year are gone. CRG, you happily take the crown for worst loss in the history of our league. 0.24 points. Significantly worse than 1.84. And the fact that your team is better this year than mine was last year makes it even better. I'm ecstatic. This is... We're free. Hold on, am I doing the math? No, I'm not doing the math right. Christian lost 153.88 to 152.12 oh. to Mike in week seven. We forgot this. We didn't actually put this in our Week prep. seven, though. I know, but I'm just saying. He has lost by, like, wow. two combined points over two losses this year, which end up making him lose and miss the playoffs. That's horrifying. Tones, he's lost 9 of 11 games down the stretch after going 2-0 and as Pete Weber to start the season. We thought he had the best team at one point. Best draft, right? best team, power ranked way up there. Bananas. I know it's bad luck, I but like, fuck. <laughs> we rarely see losses that are this close in any given year. Yeah. He has two of them this season, and it results in him 
missing the playoffs in week 13. Unbelievable. But hey, his wide receivers went off this week. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you, do you agree it's better or worse than 1.84? Like, am I off the hook? Like, do, does, does, do we need to make CRG a t-shirt next year and he just wears it to the draft in our virtual draft? Here's why yours no. feels worse. No! <laughs> Let me Send just me free, Alex. Okay, you could share the burden, but but to to play devil's advocate, here's why yours feels worse. You had <laughs> you had 13 weeks worth of approximately 1,300 points scored. Genera, yes, he could have gotten a point here or there in a matchup, but 1,300 points, and it came down to. 1.84. I mean, both are horrible. This is just one single matchup. Yours was a season-long debacle that ended with math having to be done yeah. to confirm that you actually missed it, and then you had a t-shirt made. I don't see us making a t-shirt for Genera, especially considering he was a perennial sixth-place playoff team for so long, and you hadn't made the playoffs in so long. You hadn't made the playoffs in four years, and last year you missed by 1.84 points. And 8-4 is 84, which is Antonio Brown's number, and he wronged you last year. There's Fuck just, that guy. It's so poetic. So anyway, Genera, we are so sorry. But hey, his wide receivers <laughs> went off. I'm not. <laughs> I am certainly not sorry. The one good thing we said yeah. we want to say is that Jarvis Landry has been good, and it's worth mentioning because Odell hasn't been there, and he's looked good recently. Yeah, so it Odell not being there is honestly like part B of this, but it's Odell plus the Browns have played two straight weeks in good weather, and if we yeah. remember the three weeks prior to that, it was like dog shit weather, cold, rainy garbage. No way you're passing in that. So lean on the run game, right? Yeah. Since those two weeks, like those last two weeks, here is Jarvis Landry's lines. 11 targets, 8 catches, 143 and 1. Huge. Yep. 10, 8, 62 and 1 yep. last week. Like he, he should have had a second touchdown if it wasn't for Baker's straight up stupidity and missing him on one of his only mistakes of the game. But um, yeah, man, like Jarvis was in the lineup this week and I was – surprised to see him in there because you could have seen that 143 and one as a bit of a fluke, but CRG made a good call and, and threw him back in there. And, you know, listen, I honestly think this is more of a conversation for about Odell than it is Jarvis. Mm. That offense clearly doesn't miss him. No, they're getting better. If not the same production out of Donovan people's Jones, which is just an incredible name. It just rolls off the tongue. It's so lovely. It's on the all-name team for sure. It's so, so good. Uh, it sounds like an NBC, like, shitty courtroom drama. <laughs> like, it's just, it's great. I love it. Um, and I don't know who that other guy, it was Higgins, and, there was some, Higgins. and it was Hodge, whoever that guy is. Okay. Like, they were like, they can get enough from that group, right? And they didn't even have to use Austin Hooper, who was playing against me this week, and I was happy to see that. But yeah, like, you got Kareem Hunt taking targets. You got these other guys. Odell. Pack your bags, buddy. You're gone. I've watched enough of Browns football, sadly. Yes. Just based on just based on red zone and just watching football mm -hmm. to understand one thing about the Browns. And here's my big takeaway. Because as Odell's biggest defender of his talent and that he's still good, Baker forces balls to him. Yes. And I think that they draw up plays to keep a diva happy. Yep. They force balls downfield and they're not better because their receivers will figure out ways to get the ball. They're better because they have fully now, fully committed to the run. They had committed before with Odell there, but now it is a full commitment because they know 
that the receivers aren't going to diva their way into asking for balls to be thrown to them. Mm. They're not going to beat the shit out of field goal nets on the sidelines if they're unhappy with the way that things are going, the way that Odell has. Yep. So by fully committing to the run, you hit play action when you need to instead of forcing balls downfield when that's not your identity. And what what have we seen from the Browns lately? They're now what they, they got their no, they got their ninth win this week. Nine they're and three. 3 now. And they just won they've scored 41 points this week. So that's whatever. Anyway, yeah. that's my take on that. I like it. Jarvis has been good. Congratulations for CRG. You have another player for the loser bracket, which is where you unfortunately will be. For Rich, mm. Jonathan Taylor kind of arrived this week, and it's Woo! about time. We could feel the relief from Rich in the chat on Sunday, as we usually do from guys who are desperate for guys to do something. 19 rushes for 91 yards, three catches for 44 yards, and he had a receiving touchdown where he made a couple jukes and showed explosive speed, the same speed that you've talked about, Tones, in college that he yeah. hasn't really shown in the open field. It's that 19... put your foot down, burst. He's just gone. Exactly. Blink of an eye. And 19 fantasy points from a guy. Now, despite being on his bench, it doesn't matter. This is a guy that Rich is looking at as a keeper, needs him to be good for the future, and there you go. He has his best game of the season fantasy-wise. Interesting to know or to wonder if Taylor's going to be in Rich's lineup next week. Gallman still putting up good numbers. Had 135 rushing yards. I think he had a touchdown call back. I could be wrong about that. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. He's got a decision to make. And, like, just quickly on Taylor, going yeah. back to it. Like, we can't forget about week 11. He had 22 carries for 90 yards. Okay? Added, I think, a couple catches in there. Thanks again, Yahoo. Uh, but then last week, didn't play because of put on COVID. The, the, he had COVID, right? Yeah. So, now it's kind of like... like if he had 22 and then let's say in that week 12 game against Tennessee, let's say he had 15 carries, you're confident now all of a sudden. Three straight weeks of like you're getting the rock, that's confidence, right? You're going, okay, this is now a trend. Let's yeah. throw him in there. And now it's kind of like Rich has a decision to make against Vegas next week against me. Big time decision. Big time decision. Last note on Rich, and this is the reason why this guy, like Dan said earlier this year, he needs to be a playoff team every year. Delvin Cook. The guy had mm. 32 rushes this week. He Crazy. doesn't score a touchdown, but puts up 17.9 fantasy points. That's 120 rushing, 59 receiving, with no tutty. The guy was projected 18 points from Yahoo coming into the week, and he basically hits that. Yep. This guy's dangerous. Yep. You don't want to go up against this guy in any given week. And, I do not. And Rich is now in the playoffs. Here's, his, face. here's yeah. his playoffs. Ready? Yeah. Tampa, Chicago, New Orleans. Ooh. That's tough. That's Let's see. I, listen, it's Dalvin Cook. You're starting him, and he's probably going to produce. He'll, he'll rush 30 but, times a game. Let's see. Yeah. Let's yeah. see. He'll face you, and you. God help us all. Defeated Rob this week. And I say, I every time, every time, every week we get to your matchup, I kind of just like exhale because I'm yeah. kind of just underwhelmed. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. You win, congrats. You score 80 <sighs> points, win by nine. Rob puts up 71. You would have lost to pretty much everybody else. Literally put up the second least points this week. So you move you move to nine and four. Rob falls to three and ten. Starting with you, your confidence meter. We talked about it last week, got a 10. You said it was a five. Where do you power rank your confidence <laughs> meter now, Tones? Okay. I went on a wild ride during week 13 here. You, yeah. Confidence meter was down to three. Okay. Then Gibson gets fucking hurt. Oh, true. He now has turf toe. Probably no bueno. Mm. Probably done for at least a few weeks, which ends my season. Uh, it's down to a one. Everything sucks. One, one out of ten. Everything's awful. Yeah, it's one out of ten. Oh I have goodness. zero confidence that I can beat anybody in this league, regardless if they're a playoff team or not. <laughs> I'm so serious. Like, literally, I've never seen a squad <laughs> trend downwards 
so quickly in like a three-week stretch than my team has. Like, legitimate shock. Like, the names on this squad are really fucking good. Health at the wrong times, clearly. Sanders is fucking irrelevant. He's dead to me. Goodbye. Stupid, sexy Sanders. You're demoted to fuck you. I'm done. (laughs) Um, You want to know the worst part about the Sanders stuff? I think we all do. Okay. Obviously, I had a lot of offers for that for this guy. People were asking, specifically Rob. Okay. Yeah. Story time, right, people? Rob and I were talking right before the AJ Brown trade. Okay. And he goes, I wanted Metcalf. Metcalf was, I wouldn't say on the table, but he wasn't like denying it before week three, I believe. Or when did the, when did trade McGinnon happen? It was after week three, right? I think it was week four because I was two and one Makes and I didn't sense. want to sell, but I did. Week four or five. It was after week three, I'm pretty sure. Yes, it was. Okay, so DK at that point was like clearly a stud. So Rob's like, no, 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 I'm hanging on to him. Unless Sanders becomes available. And I said, and I quote, I've been waiting years for a guy like Miles, Miles Sanders. Yeah. I'm not about to give him up. Holy fuck, man. Yeah. I also, as most of the league, had a chance to get Nick Chubb. Dan was dangling him out there to everybody. Sure, I could have packaged Miles Sanders for a Nick Chubb. At the time, people probably would have thought it was a little crazy. Yes. But now, wouldn't that have been fucking nuts? Oh, man, it makes me, drives me insane. I don't know, man. 10 carries for 31 yards against the Packers. Absolute shit run D is just not what you want to see. And I think it's over. He, it's full-blown committee. I think that knee's still bothering him. It's probably shook up that front office and that coaching staff. Just why they're giving runs to other people. And now Gibson's dead. So my hope is dashed. It's Damian Harris or somebody. It's Miles Sanders. <laughs> here's, my, here's, here's Miles Sanders miss week one with injury. Yeah. Here's his next five weeks. 17 points, 10, 7, 21, 11. He also had a 100-plus yard rushing game in there, and he had a few touchdowns. He wasn't even just doing it on the tutties. He was getting points across the board. Of course you didn't trade him, Tony. Yeah, it was explosive runs. Yeah. Listen, this year could be chalked up as just a year that he just kept getting hurt from training camp, right? He missed three weeks. Didn't practice once. Had the hammy. They're about to get a new quarterback. And let's project forward a little bit for you, for him, because obviously you're upset right now. They're about to get a new quarterback. Who knows if, if he's the answer? I don't think he is. I think it's more to do with the, with the play calling. We talked about with, with yeah. Doug Peterson being 100%. the head coach, the play calling, and they have no offensive line. They need a year to adjust. It's going to be a tough sell for you to keep Miles Sanders next year because of how he has wronged you. But he can't, in his situation, get worse than he is in right now. Yes. I'll just say that. Yep. It sucks nope, for, for you. Sure. Your team has been a complete joke, though. And it kind of reminds me of when the Eagles, speaking of them, tried to just buy a bunch of dudes and make the dream team. And it was like, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. And you have all of these guys being like, we're too good for this shit. They're all just lounging on on the couches in the locker room. No one gives a fuck. It's like, man, you got to wake your boys up somehow. But there's nothing you can do because it's not real football. It's just a complete joke. At the closed door meeting, they just didn't listen. It's a shame. Aaron Jones Jones had his highest point total since week two. But to even take you down another peg, it came on one big play. He was not performing well, and you made that known in the chat. And then he explodes, and you were happy because he led you to a win. He outperformed everyone, including Kyler, 20 points, 130 on the ground, a touchdown, 18 through the air. That's great, but still, it didn't look that great beforehand. So I don't think at any point in the season you can look at your team objectively and say i have looked worse than i do right now yeah. which is crazy it's because crazy. like you mentioned earlier you're finally healthy i am very curious to see what happens next week with your squad 
to Rob for a second, mm-hmm. Gaskin was back. And as a Dolphins fan, I can tell you that he is so much better than any running back I've seen play for this team in years. His cuts are good. His vision no is good. No Sean Moreno? He's explosive. And I love what I see from a guy that, to be perfectly honest, I knew nothing about coming into this yeah, year. how could you? 141 total this year. He did have a fumble, but that's okay. That's good for Rob. Also good, Cam Akers. A guy that he's held on to all year long in a full-blown committee. I mean, he doesn't have to start losers in his RB2 spot now, right? <laughs> this Rob, man. I mean, yeah. Started on Johnson, Gross. who he himself said put up a whopping three rushing yards this week. Why are you picking up and starting on Johnson in a brutal matchup against Chicago? Wake the fuck up. But this is the funny part. Brian Hill has been on his <laughs> roster all season long since after week three, okay? He put up 14 points in that week three. Rob then picks him up. Ready? Here's his point totals. Oh, boy. Two... Five, one, three, <laughs> six, two, one, five, one. Oh. Why is this man? This is yeah. TJ Hawkinson last year all over again. He just had him for goose egg games, one point, zero point, whatever. Why is this man on your roster? There are other run. Nick's picking up running backs left and right, <laughs> yeah. and they're dropping 12 fucking points. And you've got Brian Hill just chilling. What are you waiting for? Well, this is I'll, silly. I'll say this about Rob's. RB2 spot, okay? I'm going to take you back to week nine. Jamichael Hasty and Brian Hill combined for 3.7 points in Rob's RB spots that week. Skip ahead to week 10. Philip Lindsay put up 0.2 points for Rob in week 10. Got hurt, got hurt, no? Week 11, Adrian Peterson had 1.8 points for Rob in his RB2 spot. Last week, Brian Hill's back for five and a half. Rob's running back situation has been a complete joke for a guy who, like we said earlier this year, had Gurley and Melvin Gordon for so long. It's hilarious. Doors. But I digress. He has Edo fucking Smith on his roster. (laughs) What is it? What is with this Atlanta backfield? This Atlanta backfield has shown us nothing all year. It's not like this is like some super unbelievable great run game that you have to have the guy on. Like, he has two-thirds of their backfield and the other guy's Gurley. Like, Relax. And he also had Akers and Malcolm Brown at some point this year. Let's just let's just finish off the thought by saying it's really nice that he finally has two running backs, which we think that he can trust. Yes. Heading into week 15, 16, loser bracket, trying to get the first pick. A guy who's already got a bunch of picks. Good for Rob. So great. However, Rob pays the engraving fee with the loss this week. Wah, wah. He's 3-10. and 10. I'll wait, though, Rob, just in case you're listening. I'll wait on receiving that $20 because I have to make sure my trophy guy is still in business. Hashtag COVID. I don't actually know. my God. I haven't looked into this, and I thought of this tonight for the first time since January of last year. Number one, I have to go pick up the trophy from Dan. I probably have to clean it because it's got probably pubes and jizz all over it. It should. More importantly, I don't know if my engraving guy is still in business. Who's doing... Yeah, who's doing engraving? Who's doing You know what? I'm just sitting at home. I'm going to engrave this TV today. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Really going to go but risk just, my life to go engrave some shit. From a pure business standpoint, though, no one's having golf tournaments. No one's having hockey tournaments, jewelry, events. right? People still do it, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. People right. get engaged and engrave something on their ring. I don't know. People do that, I guess. Anyway, I really, um, really hope he's still in business. I uh, I have a thing, all right? You got our it. last right. place, this is, you know, this is what, year seven of our league? Correct. As uh, How I Met Your Mother, a show you've liked, mm-hmm. and before it went severely downhill, they had a great episode where Marshall was going... As we mature, the relationship matures with us. Of course. As this league matures, 
I think the punishment has to mature with us. Oh. $20 engraving fee, let's be honest. We don't really care anymore, right? I That's don't want to pay it. That's fair. Rob doesn't want to pay it. But, like, I think it's time that we just really we really go in here. $100 to the commission. That's no, a great no, no, idea. No, 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 but, oh. That, but, but the, oh, no, that's not the, it. No, 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 no. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to just put it out to the league right now. Okay. Our loyal eight listeners, okay? Yep. I want some brainstorming ideas of punishments, embarrassing, funny, nothing too ridiculous. We're not going to end careers and ruin marriages and fuck over lives. But I just want something fun. Top of my head. Someone has to put together a hilarious dance number at the Super Bowl after the halftime show. Oh, Lord. Wouldn't that be something interesting, right? Someone dresses in a shitty costume, a hilarious costume with a fucking wiener on their forehead (laughs) during the whole draft. Something silly like that, right? Someone, oh my God, I got it. I got it. I still want brainstorming brainstorming ideas. When you are the brainstorming. I still want brainstorming ideas. The loser has to take the number of shots... That they of to reflect how many wins they had. So Rob this year, three wins, okay? Three shots of like the worst alcohol we could possibly give him right before the draft. Oh my god. And he's shit face drafting. Oh yeah, there it is. Do you want to go? You can just leave at this point. I'll just take over you for like the it? rest of the pod. That's actually pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty good. Especially if the draft continues to be virtual. Because asking people to drive to Janeros and then just Rob being tanked after three shots and driving home, not ideal. Not the best. We'd, we'd figure it out. We'd, we'd have time to plan. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we know who the loser is. And, but what, we still December? want ideas. We still want ideas. We can add to saying. it. Right? Yeah. Whatever the alcohol is. Whatever. I want to see it. I want to see some funny shit. Make them wear a costume while drinking alcohol. Every draft pick. Say something fucking weird. Like, say, like, he, Mike's the best. It's okay, literally cool. Rob's entire well, life is just saying weird things. It's true. Okay, I like that. We're going to keep that as our number one until we get ideas Top it, from Top the league. It. Top it. Sounds good. Let's move on to the last matchup of the week before we get into playoff stuff. And that was me and Ryan. And this is interesting because I'm a playoff team, Tones. Unbelievable. Ryan, Ryan entered Tuesday night down 31 with CD and Dobbins to play. It didn't happen for him. He needed a 75-yard catch, as we know from the last drive, to get it. And a touchdown, he didn't get it. So, Tones, I want to reflect on something, and I want your opinion on this. Watching Monday Night Football, it was Bills and 49ers. And CRG having Singletary and Rich having uh, Diggs going Mm -hmm. head-to-head. That matchup was back and forth. I was legitimately nervous watching that game. Because I couldn't figure out emotionally who I wanted to win. I was going to beat Ryan. I was projected to beat Ryan. And if Gennaro loses, I become a playoff team. I make the playoffs for the league record standing seventh straight year. Unbelievable. But that's not the point. That's not the point of this season. So on one shoulder, I have my pride. Mm. On the other, I have, you don't want to play Mike in the, what the fuck is this? My best player puts up like 10 points a week. What are we doing here? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't emotionally figure out what I wanted. So I sat there like a nervous wreck by myself watching this game, not actually sure what I wanted to do to the point where I had to walk away. (laughs) I couldn't even watch the game. I couldn't, I couldn't process it. I didn't know how to feel. How would you feel? I think there's like, you're not going to win your first round playoff matchup. Do you think? No. Okay. So is there that big a difference between the fourth pick and the fifth pick or the third pick 
and the fifth pick? Honestly, probably not. Of all years to be like sneak into the playoffs and say fuck it, it's probably next year, right? It's yeah. a good draft, we think, right? Like it's gonna be a lot of good players. Who cares? Look, what happened? I, the pride, in, you know my answer. The pride would be like, fuck it, I want to make the playoffs. I want to own this. What happened to Rob last year? I was a three seed. I went up against Rob, the six seed. And Rob actually beat me in that first round and then got lambasted, I believe, against Dan mm. in the next round. The best team this year is going to win. The best team every year always wins. Nick, as the six seed last year, snuck in because he had the best fantasy player. I don't have good fantasy players. <laughs> I, the reason being is because I sold my whole damn team. Nick tried to win and get in last year. He actually bought a couple guys, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's the fucking point of me showing up to the party if I'm just going to sit in the corner, have a couple drinks, and then just leave? Like, there's really no point of being there. Yeah, but... I don't even like the music. But now, let's say you go on a run, okay? Let's say the rebuild is so great. No, but it won't, though. Why not? There won't be a run in this playoffs because no, I don't a, have no, no, no. players listen, listen to play. Oh, okay. Let's say starting next year, you okay. rebuild and it goes great. Okay? Of course. And you go on a nice little run where you have a solid team for mm-hmm. a couple years. Seventh year turns into eighth year, turns into ninth year. All of a sudden, you're bragging rights, buddy. I mean, we're going to still chirp you for losing and right. bragging about losing. No one but, cares. But you are the only one that's made the playoffs every year. If I were in your shoes, I would be, I'd be probably rooting for that. What the loser bracket who cares look at the loser bracket this year Clyde Galladay or Gla- Clyde Godwin, Godwin Galladay who's the fourth guy I'm pretty sure is the best one. Oh god I don't remember but I'm pretty sure CRG had the best pick with the fifth and sixth picks of the first round yeah, yeah, yeah. so like it just doesn't fucking matter Carson, like just maybe Carson it was Carson no now CRG was sixth last year someone was fourth who the fuck was fourth I can't remember now it doesn't matter generic. anyway multiple picks Either way, Tones, I love that the streak lives, but I can't even describe how not excited I am to be a playoff team (laughs) because next week, like I've been not excited about my matchups since week five. The only thing keeping me alive and afloat in terms of my spirits has been this survivor pool, which I've been talking very much about in the chat about the Raiders winning that crazy game. So anyway, the streak lives. Here we are. Yeah. My apologies to Ryan. For removing him from contention, you and feel my deepest sympathies to Christian Genera for you, you still don't feel hey, bad. okay. No, I really don't. Do you have anything else to talk about this week? <laughs> I want to talk about Tyler Boyd's really funny day. He had sure. one catch. It was a seventy-two yard touchdown. Then he gone ejected. Yeah, that was great. Uh, but you got production out of Tyler Boyd. That was a very surprising deep shot by some quarterback. I still don't know his name. It wasn't even a deep shot. It was a quick slant that he ran. Oh, around. it was. He wheeled. He threw it six yards in front of him. He wheeled around. There was a screen on the corner with Byron Jones. And literally, he just cut to the sideline and ran probably 65 yards was the rest of the way. It's even better then. Yeah. It was um, insane. I want to shout out Corey Davis. Sure. Because we haven't. And yeah. I think he's this year's Devontae Parker for a lot yeah. of reasons. Number one, he's having a great second half of the season. Yeah. Number two, um, Parker last year came out of nowhere. We, he was a bust. We wrote him off. And we're like, this guy is a bum and it's done. Drafted him many times. I was the original drafter of Corey Davis. Now here we are. Once we wrote him off and said, this guy's absolutely nobody. He is torching the league right now. And he is the yards guy while A.J. Brown is the fucking touchdown guy. And I'm going to pull it up right now. Season total. I wonder what their fantasy points difference is. A.J. Brown, 124. Corey Davis, 104. Corey Davis. not that far apart. Davis has more yards than him. Yeah, the thing about Corey Davis is he's he missed two weeks because of COVID. Boom. 
And the is Yahoo it one A one B? The Yahoo note today was that he is the 14th highest scoring receiver in fantasy football over the past five weeks, which wow. isn't. Yeah, it's for a, a it's, guy that's nobody. Yeah, yes. that's pretty fucking great. Yeah, he's uh, he's eclipsed double digits. So he had I see 18 points. I see 11 points. I see 24 points in the last six weeks. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also a game where he had zero, 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 zero on three zero. targets. Yeah, and that was a guy I picked up uh, right before the season started. I'm done talking about the good. One more bad thing I want to talk about because I'm really in a negative headspace with this team right now because what's the point, right? Jacobs is probably out next week. I've cracked 100 points just twice, Tones, in the past seven weeks. Um, My five wins this season, twice against Ryan, twice against Rob, who lost 10 games, and once against Dan. I haven't won consecutive games this year. I won this week. brutal. I have to play Mike next week. Love it. Speaking of playing Mike next week, Tones, why don't we just go ahead into the playoff preview? Ooh, that time of year. We'll start with my matchup with Mike since it's fresh in our minds. Mike is the three seed. He takes on me, the six seed. A nine and four versus the five and eight. What are you looking at coming into this matchup, Tones, that you think could be any sort of game changer or rather an X factor for our matchup? Um, I'm looking at the combination, your combination, of the aforementioned Corey Davis with his quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, against Derrick Henry. Is it passing touchdowns? Is it rushing touchdowns in next week? Who do they play? Jacksonville. Jacksonville, who's garbage. You can do whatever you want against them, (laughs) right? So let's see what happens. Where do the points come from? It could be one of those three-touchdown Derrick Henry days, or it could be a Tannehill five-touchdown Hopefully two or three to AJ Brown, and then maybe one or two to Corey Davis, um, <laughs> and that'd be cool. You know what I mean? But sure. and that could honestly—I'm not saying it's going to swing things, but it's going to maybe make Mike sweat quite a bit. Yeah, Derrick Henry, like I mentioned last week, when Mike destroyed my team just a week ago, has scored 61 and a half points against my team in two matchups this year. Hmm. And Derrick Henry put up less than five this week. Derrick Henry is licking his chops because he gets a Doria's team. He's due in week 14 in a matchup. The X factor in this matchup for me, Tones, is Derrick Henry. Mm. We've seen weeks where Mike's receiving core has a complete dud. His quarterback just doesn't perform. And yet Derrick Henry can put up 35 points by himself and single-handedly eliminate my entire running back group. Just just like that. Yep. It's Derrick Henry. Uh, my X factor in this entire matchup... Actually, no, I'm going to say this first. I'm worried about Julio Jones' health for Mike. Sure. He was limping. He performed pretty well last week against New Orleans, but he was limping again. He barely got off the field at one point. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. What's going to be the injury that's going to knock him out? Is it going to be this week? That would destroy Mike, right? Let's say you start him, one catch for fucking 15 yards, and you're out. Dagger, right? No bueno. But the good news, the rest of his receivers have cake matchups. Adam yeah. Thielen against Tampa, who has been very carve-upable. Yep. Just coined that phrase. Uh, Tyler Lockett. Sick phrase, man. Thanks, man. Uh, Tyler Lockett is kind of due for one of those crazy, ridiculous weeks, and mm-hmm. he's playing the Jets, who suck. Just fired Greg Williams, so maybe they'll, you know, addition by subtraction there. Do not let me go on a Greg Williams rant. Please don't. This podcast will be an extra hour. Please don't. Oh, my God. Uh, and then Robert Woods on Thursday against uh, New England, and I think he's going to shred them. He's not going to be guarded by Stephon Gilmore, and it's going to be sick. So I like those three dudes against those matchups. Um X factor in this matchup is Chase Claypool. Mm. If he has one of those huge fucking weeks that he's capable of, again, all of this is about is let's see if we can make Mike sweat. Right. 
That's it. Yep, that's fair. The other one. Number two. <sighs> it's the four seed, Tones, versus the five seed, Rich. Nine and four versus six and seven. Tones, not really sure what to make of this for you, as we discussed before, because this is a winnable matchup for Rich. Very much so. Very definitely, much so. Very, definitely better than going up against Mike's team. And, I mean, me, that wasn't an option in the first place. Who are you going to start at running back? Are you going to get Drew Brees back to be throwing balls to Mike Thomas? There are a lot of question marks for you coming into this week. Yeah, Drew Brees, it's kind of been wishy-washy if he's going to be back this week. I probably think he's not, but they said, yeah, we're going to see, which, like, Nolan's pretty tight lips, so, like, we're, we really are going to see, but... I'll be monitoring that quite closely. I'd love to see Drew back. Um, I don't know who I'm starting at RB right now. It was going to be easily Gibson. And I already pointed out his matchups. And, like, this is the worst part of this is, and I saw it right before we taped this, I went, oh, fuck. Damian Harris is playing on Thursday. Dagger. Yeah. And unless I pick up a guy on waivers, which like, let's be honest, not much is really out there. Even like Gibson doesn't really even have a true backup. So like, it doesn't really make sense to even roll the dice on one of those guys over Harris who gets 15 carries a game. So I don't know, man, I'm probably just gonna have to roll the dice and just hope for the best. It might be Miles Sanders. One more fucking ride against new Orleans, but I'm really hoping it's not. Um, my X factor is Kyler Murray. Yeah. He's not looked healthy. Yeah. And it's a problem. First play of the fucking game, 59-yard touchdown, and he threw it deep, and I was like, oh, shit, he's back. Yep. Didn't run the ball. After that, it was a shit show. Like, they were a mess. Like, Kingsbury, again, don't get me started. He's fucking overrated. But, um, yeah, not great. So, I don't know, man. I'm just going to start the best lineup and cross my fingers, and whatever happens, happens. I said it early with Kyler being my fantasy regular season MVP is that he has won you three matchups this year, even when you haven't deserved to be there. Your team hardly even looks like they deserve to be in the postseason, let alone let alone being the four seed playing Rich. Kyler can win you matchups, though. He's a guy that you're scared to play against, and with Rich not having Josh Allen anymore, you're maybe not so scared in the QB matchup. So that's huge. On Rich's side, Mm -hmm. Jonathan Taylor plays Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. That's a great matchup if he chooses to play him. But the thing is, is Wayne Gallman against Arizona, that's pretty damn good, too, and Gallman has looked really good. I think this matchup between you two is going to be really tight. And I think that matchups like that, decisions like that for Rich, yep. will end up determining who wins this matchup. I can Agreed. see this being very close. The X factor for me is DJ Chark against Tennessee. Chark has been largely irrelevant for most of the season. But when he booms, damn, he booms. Yep. And I really think that Chark could have a good game against Tennessee. Who's not good? They will be throwing as usual because the team is trash. If he has a big game, that's scary for your receiver group who hasn't produced to their potential this year. Yeah, absolutely. DJ Shark, or sorry, Tennessee just got carved up by Baker fucking Mayfield and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah, Shark could absolutely go off. And if he does, it blouses for me. Yeah, I like it, man. We're going to see. You want to do predictions for the whole damn thing? This is what we did last year, Woo! and we're going to do it again. So we'll save the loser. We'll save the loser bracket predictions for the week 14 pod next week because we don't have loser bracket playoffs until week 15 and 16. So we will do the championship bracket playoff predictions mm-hmm. starting with, well, where do you want to start? I'll start with the three seed and start, start. with three with yep. three taken on six. I've got Mike. Against me, I've got Mike in a smash fest winning this matchup. Same. Absolutely. And I think he pummels you. It won't even be close. Won't even be close. Mike doesn't even need to watch. 
No. He's just going to watch the Leafs highlights all weekend. He can sit players and sacrifice fifth-round picks just to Whoa. rub it in. Whoa. Whoa. Anth versus Rich. Mm. I'm going to go I think first. we both have the same thing here. We don't. Oh. I've got you. The reason why I have you. What? The reason why I have you go is ahead. because I've been waiting as you have very, very desperately to see the explosion and the potential of your team. If you look at your team on paper, it is disgusting. And if you are going to project a number, Yahoo aside, I would look at your team and say, this is a team that scores 120 a week, a number which with Rich's current players, I don't think he can reach. So I know your team's been cold. I know it hasn't looked very good. And I know Rich has Dalvin Cook, but the team that you have put together has so much boom potential and we have not yet once seen them boom. Regardless of your RB2 spot, I think that there is boom potential here. I have you winning this matchup. Okay. I have Rich beating me. Um, I would have been with you if Gibson was healthy because he's a guy that keeps... Honestly, I probably should have been starting him for the last few weeks and Ryan was 100% right and I should have took it seriously, right? And like, it just... It just ups the ceiling, and right now I don't have that ceiling. And Rich does, I think Rich does have the capability of dropping 120 because his running back's are really good. Gallman can have 15, and whoever uh, Cook could have fucking 25 plus. And yeah. then what? That happens, I'm sunk. It's over. It doesn't even matter what Mike Thomas does, right? Like, right. so it is what it is, man. Damian Harris is a fine backup, but he's just that. He's a backup. Unless he finds a way to score fucking two or three touchdowns, which isn't going to happen because Cam Newton is the same as Kyler. He's their goal line back. It's not going to happen. So I think it's Rich beating me. It sucks, but that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles, baby. So we have two different paths at this point yes, with sir. two different winners. So yep. I've got Nick taking on you mm-hmm. as the one versus four seed. I have Nick winning that matchup. On the other side, I have Franco versus Mike. And I have Mike winning that matchup. Mm. Franco's KC triple stack plays the Saints in week 15 tones. And I don't like his RB2 spot right now. Mike, on the other side, has been hot. And Derrick Henry, as we have mentioned multiple times on this program, is a league winner. I think that Derrick Henry gets it done with his cake schedule. And he leads Mike to the finals. Your semifinals matchups, go. I'm going to start by a rebuttal to what you just said. Sure. I have Franco beating Mike. Why? Because I see Mike's team... And, like, we're splitting hairs with these guys at the top, okay? Mike's team is highly... It's just more volatile than Franco's team. Mm -hmm. Franco's has a more consistent team where he's able to steadily put up 120-plus points no matter what. Mike has the ability... What if Julio Jones is hurt next year or next week? Then what? You lose Julio. Galladay is still... Is he in the country? We don't even fucking know where Kenny Galladay is. What is up with Kenny Galladay? Um... And we've already mentioned Lockett, yeah. right? Like, his team just goes up, and it can kind of go down. And I think that could be the difference. I'm not afraid of the New Orleans matchup. I think that game is just shootout written all over it. Anytime those games in years past, we've seen it. It was the Saints versus the Rams. It was the Saints versus the Niners. They ended up being like 45 to 42 monstrosities. Now, I know it's a different team, but I'm just not afraid of that. Mahomes is fucking sick. Kelsey is unbelievable. I'm not afraid of it. Um, so I have Franco beating Mike just for pure consistency. And then I have Nick beating Rich. I don't think that's even close. On we go to the finals. To the finals where Nick, the one seed on my bracket, plays Mike, the three seed. And my champion in 2020, and for the third time in league history, (sighs) Nick will win again the Dotto Bowl. If Christian McCaffrey returns, 
There is no point of playing the season for anybody else. This NFL season is pointless, in my opinion. And I'm so sorry to say that with a Saints fan who's wearing a Saints sweater right now. The Kansas, We're going to be partying with the Lombardi, buddy. The Kansas City Chiefs are so good, and there's no point of even playing the year. All of these guys getting COVID and, and passing it on to their teammates and their families. What's the point to relate it to our fantasy league? If Christian McCaffrey comes back, why is anyone else even trying to yeah. win this year? Yeah. Nick has consistently put up anywhere from over 100 to 120 every single week, and he doesn't even have his best player. He's been plugging random fucking losers into his RB2 spot. His RB1 is like the RB4 in fantasy. He gets the best player mm-hmm. and the fourth best player, arguably, to add on to a guy like Tyree Kill and all of the dudes that he has. I digress. Nick wins, assuming he makes it there. Yep. Ending the Dotto Bowl controversy. Sorry, Mike. I second everything you just said. And mine is super chalky because it's just the top two seeds again getting in there, right? And this is a big reason why. I just It's hard to win three straight games, especially at this time of year, right? Injuries are going to be a factor. COVID is clearly not going anywhere. I'm pretty sure the majority of the players that played in tonight's Tuesday night football game are going to test positive very shortly. And then what? The schedule gets thrown out for a loop, right? And we might not know that for a week or two. I'm just throwing shit out there. But it's really hard to win three straight. So I think Franco's going to give Nick a run for his money. I don't think that's going to be a landslide. I think Franco has consistently shown that he is the other boom team to Nick, right? Franco has been able to put up 140 points, 120 points. But Nick is going to be too much. With McCaffrey, it's just going to be too fucking much. Round of applause to Nick if he does it. Um, he'll be the three-time champ. He'll be very proud of that. And uh, did he win it three times? Will this be three? Jesus Christ, Owens. You're out of control, eh? You just can't keep track anymore. I can't, man. We're in year seven. Yeah. In year one, Nick won. Then he won again in year five. In year two, Dan won. Then he won again in year six. This is Yeah, the year okay, that I'm Mike, not crazy. I'm not crazy. Dan and Nick have won twice. Okay, all right, all right. This all right. is the year, though. Year one was a blur, man. I understand. Year not for me, I lost. Count. This That's like is the, the 1907. Year. It's like me bragging, oh, the Sens won the 1907 Stanley Cup. Like, who fucking cares? We, we talk about all being right in the world in the Hold My Dick Fantasy League in year seven. Yeah. I've made the playoffs. Nick is supposed to lose to Mike because this is Mike's year to win. Right. Right? Because we've reset. The rest yeah, yeah, of us yeah. are fucking losers <laughs> and there's no point of being here. This is Mike's year. And Mike has seen this coming. Mike will be, they'll both be crushed. But Nick has already won twice. Yeah. Mike will be absolutely devastated if he loses this year. And to do it, Mike has to win three straight. A guy that said if he lost two games this year, he would be crushed because there was no way. He manifested his destiny, which finally, for the first time in his life, apparently let him down. Yep. He needs to win this. He's foreseen what's <laughs> going to happen. I think Nick needs to win it more than Mike, though, for actual real reasons other than just manifesting. The draft picks. The draft picks. You went all in. You went crazy. And it's great. You're going to be set up for many years to come with great keepers. Nick has to win this. He has way more at stake than Mike does. Mike, his keeper situation's fine going forward. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I think Nick needs to win it. I think Franco, out of those three, needs to win it more than any of them. And I wouldn't mind seeing Franco win it. We've given him enough of a hard time in this league. Look, I want to say this. And the last thing I'll say is that I just want to see a new champ. And it's not going to be me. So it's not Jared, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be me. 
And there's a couple other people that I'll throw in there that it probably isn't going to be either. If we look at the top three teams, there's got to be something in this dot of water here, eh? What's going on here? I know Franco isn't blood-related to these guys, but what the hell is going I on I think this Nick's year? just good at this, and I think Mike's full of shit. That's all it is. It's just full of poop. Our top three seeds this year are part of the Dotto family. This is brutal, man. What is I'm happening? So, I tried. I tried for the league. I tried. It just didn't work out. Well, not yet. I'm not throwing in the towel completely yet. Just mostly. Tones. Yeah, it's over. This is a long one, man. Fuck. The Stella feels good. It's been a hell of a pod. And it is It is getting late. Well over an hour. Well. Playoff preview. The boys will be happy. Or getting in. This is where it matters. The next time our mouths are on this mic... We your mouth is on the mic, right on the mic. Ew. We uh, may both have just lost our our fantasy playoffs oh, the whole year. Stuff to do with podcasts, or <laughs> or at least one of us will have won and made the whole damn thing worth it. Gotten into money contention and made all of the buying worthwhile. For I'm ready for season. the miracle run. I'm ready for the turnaround. Damian Harris, bring me to the promised land. I have more faith in your team than you do right now. I love it. It's been a blast. Let's do it all again in week 14, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound, 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 sound. Let me see your shoulders work. I mean, I don't know what y'all came here to do, but uh, if you ain't got a lighter, what the fuck you smoking for?